How many of you like being praised? You raise your hand or you're a liar or a psycho. You like, you like being told you're wonderful, you're handsome, you're beautiful. Even if they're lying, do you like to hear that? Or stretching it. We, we, we do like being praised. We, we like being celebrated. That's just, that's natural. Nothing wrong with that at all. And this morning, we're going to look at praising God when we pray. I believe it's one of the most overlooked uh, aspects of prayer, but how hugely important it is and the impact that it not only has on God, but it has on us. We're going to be in the Old Testament in a book, First Chronicles, not Corinthians, way over in the Old Testament, First Chronicles chapter 29, First Chronicles 29. And the first thing I want to answer uh, is a simple question. What does it mean to praise someone? When we, we talk about praising someone, what does that mean? What does it mean? In verse 10, it begins, it says, David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. O Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. That word praise there in verse 10 literally means to bend the knee. David was probably kneeling down or maybe he was on his face as he began to pray here this prayer. We're going to jump down to verse 13. We'll look at verse 11 and 12 in a minute. In verse 13, he says, Oh God, we thank you and we praise your glorious name. If you're taking notes, write down what this Hebrew word praise means because it's fantastic. It means to make something bright. It means to make something shine. It's to boast, to celebrate, to glorify, to adore. Let me repeat that. It's to make someone or something bright or to shine. It's to bring glory and honor, to boast, to celebrate, or to adore someone or something. It's to show honor. It's to lift somebody up. It's to, it's to express our praise, gratitude, and adoration for them. Now, I've talked about this through the years quite a few times, but is there a difference in thanking and praising? And there is. I mean, they're different English words, they're different Hebrew words, they're different Greek words, and they do have different meanings. Now, if you intermingle them, it's not like it's a sin and God gets upset. So, but what what is the difference? Basically, thanking. You thank someone for what they do. You praise someone for who they are. Thanksgiving is focused on the deed, the effort, or maybe even what was prevented from happening. And praise is solely focused on the person. Let me give you an example. Many, many years ago, and I think Clayton and Mary were actually at this service uh, it was at one of my little churches, first churches, and I was doing the revival. I was preaching the revival at our church, which was a bad mistake for many reasons. But we had a volunteer guy come that night, and, and someone had asked him to sing. And so he was going to sing a song, a song, before I get up to preach. He sang seven songs. And he'd keep, he kept looking at me on the stage and said, you mind if I do another one? What am I going to say? No, you're killing this. Get off the stage. I, I mean, I couldn't say that. And in the last song he sang, I'm listening, his heart was in the right place. I'm not making fun of him. I'm just giving you some facts. He sang the Dallas Home song, Rise Again. How many of you are familiar with that song? If you're not, you need to listen. It's a great, great, great song. It really is a great song. When he finished, I was not even sure if I believed in the resurrection anymore. 
I'm really kidding. I mean, but, but I mean, it was, it was kind of brutal. And so when I got up to preach, I was already a little hot because he had done 30 minutes worth of special music, so he was supposed to do five. I could not honestly get up and praise his voice, but I could thank him for his effort. Does that make sense? If I sang to you today a special, if you praised me, you need to go to an audiologist tomorrow. You could thank me for the job or the effort, but you would not praise me for singing. You thank someone for the effort. You praise them for who they are. So we're talking about this morning praising God, focusing on who he is. And and that leads us to the second question. How do we praise God? How do we praise God? Again, this is not complicated, but for some reason it's hard. I remember when I first became a Christian... I was 19. I'd been in church my whole life. But I I got that little book we try to give you guys, The Time Alone with God. And it talked about having a daily prayer time. And it talked about praising God. And that was really hard for me. It was almost, I would say, unnatural for, for a couple of reasons. One is I'm a man, and those kind of things are difficult for us. But two, most of us pass out praise like it's a $100 bill, very sparingly and begrudgingly. You know, it, we just don't do it like we should. So it, it, it is a little bit hard and difficult. Verse 10, it says, let me get my glasses on. The, then David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. David expressed his praise to God. This may sound like a simple thing, but when you're talking about praising God, it's an expression. Don't buy into that, God knows my heart. God knows, God does know your heart, and your heart needs to be pure. Praise is expressing that. Y'all have heard the, the story probably before of the elderly couple. They've been married 60 years. On their 60th wedding anniversary, they're driving around the country, and she just starts crying. Out of nowhere. Men, how many of your wives do that occasionally? Nate, raise your hand. Somebody's got to help me. Thank you. Mark. My wife does it about every two years. And ladies, listen to me. It's an attention getter. Unless you stop everything unless it's during dessert or a football game. And then, you know, you have to work around it. But, you know... They just start crying. So he goes, what in the world is wrong? Your bunion's hurting? What, what's wrong? And, and, and she said, I just realized we've been married 60 years, and you have not told me you loved me since our wedding day. And he gave the classic man answer. Honey, I told you I loved you 60 years ago, and I meant it, and I hadn't changed my mind. And if I do, I'll let you know. A lot of us act like that with God. Well, God knows my heart. God knows my thoughts. No, express your praise to God. Let me just show you. If if you're praying, you're praying to God, how do you praise God? It's simple, man. You just say, Lord, I love you. God, the Father, I adore you. Holy Spirit, I, I like to pat myself on the chest. See, the Bible says God lives in us in the Holy Spirit. Isn't that cool? I like to pat myself on the chest because it's the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I love you. Jesus Christ, my Savior, my Lord, my God, I love you. That's not hard, is it? It's not something we've grown up doing, I'm afraid, 
But, but, it, it, but it's simple. A lot of the Psalms in, in the Old Testament are praises and songs to God. Psalms 8, if you're taking notes, is a great psalm. Some, some, one thing you could do is you could take that, the 8th Psalm or you could take other Psalms and just read them to God and say, God, this is my praise and my thoughts to you. Or you could, you could talk to Wayne or you could talk to Justin. You could find hymns. You could find choruses or, or new songs and that, that focus strictly on praising God. Now, listen, some of you, if you do this, you need to be really alone. But sing to God. Some of you, it'll be a joyful noise to everybody. Some of you, it'll be a joyful noise only to God. But it will be to God. But you can praise God through singing, through reading a psalm to him. But just tell him, man, God, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Holy Spirit, I love you. That's easy, isn't it? Very neglected, but it's easy. Now, here's the third thing I want to encourage you. Start your prayer time praising God. Should you pray throughout the day? Absolutely. Should you pray when you get in a bind? Absolutely. Should you pray when you have needs come up, when someone asks you to pray for them? Absolutely. If you're a Christian or you're thinking about becoming a Christian, you need to set aside time daily for prayer and Bible study. Maybe it's at the beginning of your day. Maybe it's at the end. Maybe, the, maybe it's both. And in this prayer time, that's what we're talking about in the next few weeks, is different parts of this prayer. If you were here last week, I gave you the seven-finger approach to prayer. And this is the first thing. That's praising God. In Matthew 6, 9, Jesus was teaching his guys how to pray, teaching us how to pray. He said, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. I love the way the King James says that. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. God, honored and holy is your name. What a cool concept. What are you saying? When you're getting ready to pray, you're getting ready to read your Bible, start with your focus, not on your problems or your sins. You need to deal with those. Start with your focus on G-O-D. Isn't that great? Bring your mind to his beauty, to his power, to his strength. Focus on God, start on God, and praise God. I had a professor in seminary who challenged us to do this one semester. He said, try it for a week, try it for a month, try it for the rest of your life. But every hour, you may even set your timer on your phone or whatever, every hour, take five seconds and just stop and say, God, I praise you. Jesus, I praise you. Holy Spirit, I love you. God the Father, I fear you and I love you. Do, do it on the hour, every hour. What an awesome concept. So you, you can praise God anytime, anywhere, but I want to encourage you in your prayer time. Some of you have been Christians for a long time. This might be five minutes of your prayer time right at the beginning. Some of you are, are new at this game. It might be 10 or 15 seconds. That's okay. God's always judging us on where we are, not against other people. Isn't that cool? God's not judging you against some super saint. God's judging you against you. So start where you are. Start your prayer time praising God. Now, here's a, here's a thing, a question that we've got to answer today. Why should we praise God? We need, we need to understand the reasons. We need to understand the purpose. Many times you and I struggle with things because we don't know why. Why should I do this? What's the value in it? I want to give you three things. The first, it's an act of obedience, pure and simple. Another place Jesus taught his guys and gals to pray, Luke eleven two. 2, listen to what it says. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. 
Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. What did he start him on? He started him on prayer. God, may your name be holy. May your name be honored. May your name be lifted up. Listen, when I praise God or you praise God, very simply, that is an act of obedience. And and remember this. Check this in your head. Anytime you obey God, good comes from it, right? Anytime you disobey God, bad comes. Disobey, bad. Obey good. So it's an act of obedience. Here's the second thing. It really pleases and honors God. You know, it's a strange thing. It's hard to comprehend. But the Bible tells us God has feelings. In the Bible, God expresses anger. God shows jealousy. God, it says God's grieved. God's quenched. God is full of joy. Jesus is the perfect picture of God because Jesus is God, was God, God in the flesh. But it also talks about God being honored and, and, and God's being blessed. And, and when you and I praise God, we please and bless God. Raise your hand if that's not cool. Is that not cool? That we please God and bless God when we praise God. Just like it blesses and pleases you, it, pl- it blesses and pleases God. Now, here's the third thing, and this is a biggie too. God is so worthy to be praised. Man, God is so worthy to be praised. I read several weeks ago an article by a researcher named Christian Smith. And Mr. Smith has surveyed and studied people who profess to be Christians about their prayer life. Here's, I'm going to share with you in a few weeks uh, one, another thing he found. But here is one thing he found that was really interesting and disturbing. Now, he said it was more young adults. I don't believe that. I believe it's young adults. I believe it's old adults and in-between adults. But here's what he said. We don't praise God very well. Young adults, I'm going to say medium young like me. Older like Coach Goff, real old like Scott Simmons. But I don't think we do it. And listen, this is where it was staggering. He said, why do you not praise God very much when you pray? The general consensus was is that God just doesn't evoke our praises. Wow. You know what they were saying? God, God's just not really worthy of our praises. I want to read verse 11 to you, or with you, and then we're going to walk through it. You decide if he's worthy. You, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in heaven and earth is yours. Everything in heaven and earth is yours. O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Let me walk you through the beautiful words here. Verse 11, yours is the greatness, the majesty, the dignity, the power, the valor, the strength, the glory, the beauty, the magnificence. God, yours is the victory. God, you are the winner. God, yours is the majesty, the splendor, and the renown. God, we adore you, we exalt you, we lift you up. God is head and chief over all. That sounds like someone worthy to be praised, doesn't it? 
In verse 12, wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand and at your discretion. People are made great and given strength by you, God. I want to I just share with you some things about our, our universe, our world. An astronomer, I heard an astronomer say one time that when you look up at night on a clear night, what you can see in the sky with your naked eye, to, compared to what's up there, it would be like being a, in a boat in the Atlantic Ocean and what you could see a fish compared to the number of fish there are in this, the world's oceans. You get a picture of that? We are in, our, our, we're in the Milky Way galaxy. That's what our solar system is in. For many, 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 many years, scientists thought the Milky Way was the only galaxy now, listen, now it's estimated that there is two, as many as 200 billion galaxies in the observable universe. Our Milky Way is a, a barred spiral galaxy that has a diameter considered to be 100 to 120,000 light years wide. Maybe up to 180,000 light years wide. Light year you travel, light travels 186,000 miles per second. That's pretty wide, isn't it? You thought your waist was big, okay? The Milky Way is estimated to contain 200 to 400 billion stars, although this may be as high as 1 trillion. And there are probably at least 100 billion planets in the Milky Way solar system. Remember what I said a moment ago, and there's probably maybe as many as 200 billion other galaxies. A hundred million. Don't do this right now. I I tried it this week. Do it when you get home. How big is a hundred million? That's so hard to get your your hands on unless you look at the federal debt. A hundred billion, if you could count to 250 a minute, which is hard. I promise it's very hard. And you did that every minute... Every hour, every day, it would take you over 760 years to count to 100 billion. That's how big 100 billion is. Remember what I just said a moment ago? Our Milky Way contains between 200 and 400 billion stars and at least 100 billion planets. As a comparison, the neighboring Andromeda galaxy contains an estimated 100 trillion Stars. Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Psalms 8, verse 3. When I look at the night sky and I see the work of your finger, the moon and the stars that you set in place. He counts the stars And he calls them all by name. First of all, let me say, to think all this happened by an accident, that takes a whole lot more faith than to believe God did it. And I know, I just gave you a lot of numbers that's hard to get your your head around. So go back and listen to it this week. Do you have a little bit of grasp on what God has done and can do? 
And yet this morning, God is in this room. The same God that put every star in place, the God that knows every star by name, knows how many hairs are on your head, knows everything about you, and loves you anyway. Folks, that's somebody worthy to be praised. Someone said as a Christian, and you can become one today if you're not, we've got a love that we can never fathom. We've got a hope that will never fade. We've got a peace that's beyond understanding. And we've got a life that will never end because of God. God's worthy to be praised. And I want to give you one last thought this morning to say you on this. What are the benefits of praising God? What's in it for you and me? Well, let me just say this, folks. Anytime you're pleased and you honor God, it's going to bless you. No way around that. But I want to give you two thoughts that I think are overwhelming. Number one, God inhabits the praises of his people. What, is, what does that mean? It's a big, big phrase, church phrase. God's everywhere. God is everywhere is what the Bible tells us. When a missionary goes to some place and they say that there's no Christianity, that may be absolutely true, but God is there. But you and I know that God makes himself known in some places better than he does other places. Without going into detail, there's certain parts of the world or certain parts of America where you could go on a Friday or Saturday night and God is there, but he's locked in a closet. And you can go other places and you can sense and feel the presence of God. In Psalms 8.3, it says this. Psalms 8.3. There it is. When I look at the, I'm sorry, I I meant Psalms 22, 3. Thank you. Yet you are wholly enthroned on the praises of Israel. Let me paraphrase that. That's saying God inhabits, makes himself known amongst the praises of his people. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, David had just got, excuse me, Solomon just got finished praying. He prayed a prayer of repentance a confession, a thanksgiving, but a praise. Man, he'd been praising and worshiping God. said, when Solomon finished praying, fire flashed down from heaven and burnt up the offerings and sacrifice. Wouldn't that? I don't know if we would really want the fire to come down and burn up our offerings today. Then you guys would have to rewrite all the checks, right? And the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. The priest could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glorious presence of the Lord filled it. When all the people of Israel saw the fire coming down from the glorious presence of the Lord filling the temple, they fell face down on the ground and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, He is good, the faithful, His faithful love endures forever. Can you imagine the presence of God showing up so much we had to clear the church house? Why is everybody outside? We can't get in there because God's presence is so overwhelming. When they begin to praise and worship God, God made himself known in their midst. When I was in graduate school, it was a graduate school, mostly Baptist. And one of our professors said, you know, he said being Baptist is good and all that. But he said, as we look, a lot of the charismatic churches, it seems to be 
more things are happening and the more movement of God in their midst. And he said, guys, I want to tell you, this might be a reason. They focus on praising God more than we do. They lift up and praise God more than we can do. We do. You know, maybe that's what's lacking in a lot of our churches. Maybe that's what's lacking in your marriage. Listen, God inhabits the marriages where he's praised. God inhabits the families where he's praised. God inhabits the youth groups or the college ministries or the church. Do you want God showing up in your life? Some of you are going, my spiritual life is so dry and it's so dead. I don't ever sense God. Repent of your sins. Get your act together and make a lifetime of praise your habits. God makes himself known where his people lift up his name. Praise God. Honor Him. Lift up His name. God makes Himself known in our midst when we do that. But let me give you one last thing. God will bless you. It will bless you. Anytime God's presence is being made known in your life, it's going to bless you. Anytime you're honoring and obeying God, it's going to bless you. What happens when you begin to praise God? It changes your focus. It changes your heart. It changes your focus. Yes, in prayer you need to deal with your sins and your problems, absolutely. But what happens when you begin to focus on God's power, God's love, God's strength, God's greatness, and you lift that up? It's an old, old story. It said two prisoners looked out of the same window. One saw bars and the other saw stars. It's because of the focus. Some of you look and you see a hog in the mud. I see pork in the pan. What's your focus? So listen, so many Christians are negative. They're sour pusses. They're critical. Stop it. Turn your focus to God. God is not that way. Lift Him up. Praise Him. Love Him. It will change you. It will change your focus and your direction and your heart. I don't know about you. I think I do. I want the presence of God manifest more and more in my life. And I think we found the secret and that's by praising God. And it will change you. Years ago, there was a young preacher who went on to be one of the great preachers in the 70s, 80s, 90s. His name was Joel Gregory. But in the late 60s, early 70s, he was pastor and he was going to graduate school. He became very depressed. And he was a great student, an excellent student. His grades began to fall. Went from being an A student to a C, D, flunking out of school student. He got up one Sunday morning. His wife didn't even know he was going to do it. He was pastor in a church and he got up and he resigned that Sunday morning. He said, I can't do this anymore. Went back to school, had a couple of months left in school for that semester. He said, I'll finish this out, and then I'm quitting. I'm done. Done with school, done with church. I can't do this anymore. It looked like he's going to be done with his marriage and everything else. Somebody sat him down and said, Joel, you may need to take medicine. You may need to go to a counselor. But let me tell you something else you need to do. You need to start praising God. When you get up in the morning, you praise God. When you're going to school in the morning, you praise God. When you're eating your lunch, you praise God. When you come home at night and you pray with your wife, don't worry about it. I don't feel it. Stop it. Praise God. 
When you're laying in bed and you can't sleep, don't cry about your insomnia. It is tough. It's terrible. But you praise God. Here's what Joel said. It didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen in a week or two. But slowly he began to come out of that depression. He went back to that church and he said, will y'all hire me back? They voted to hire him back and the vote was better the second time than it was the first time. His marriage was restored. He went on, got his Ph.D., and was one of the most renowned preachers in the world for a time. And he would pin back to that that his healing took place when he started focusing his life on praising God. Let's pray. If you're a Christian, I'm going to talk to you more in a moment. If you're not a Christian or you're unsure if you're a Christian, listen, worshiping and praising God begins with surrendering your life to Him. If you're ready to do this, would you pray with me and just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I want to repent of my sins. Jesus, I believe you're God's son and that you died and arose for me. Come into my heart, Jesus. And I surrender my life to you. Let me have your attention just for a second. We're going to stand in a moment. Maybe you just prayed and asked Christ in your heart or you're ready to do that. First act of worship is surrendering your life. Would you come? Maybe you want to wait and after church catch one of our ministers. That'd be great too. Maybe you want to step out and come and give your life to him this morning. You come and do that. Maybe you're here today and you're ready to join our church. We would love for you to do that. We would love for you to. You can do it after church. Or you can come this morning when we begin our invitation. We're going to be a church that's going to be imperfect. But we'll try to love you and we're going to try to lift up Jesus. Come and join us. Christian, maybe today you're doing pretty good at this. That's awesome. Keep it up. Maybe today you're not doing so well. And maybe where you're standing or at the altar, you need to repent and say, God, listen, I'm sinful and shallow in my praise life, not just my prayer life. Maybe you need to make a commitment, all of us do, that from this point on, praising God is going to be a priority in our prayer life and in our life. Hey, maybe you want to come kneel on the, at the altar and praise God or pray with the minister. Maybe you want to lay down on your face and praise God. You know what? That'd be great. Let's stand. You come. You respond to God this morning. We'll be waiting on you.